What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Bobby Mason Audio Experience. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me, personally. Also, a big shout-out to Educating Entrepreneurs. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Guys, this podcast is created for all of you because, you know what, the world of entrepreneurship is seriously viewed as this glitzy, heroic career with all these guaranteed pathways to riches and success when, just to be completely honest, you don't just snap your finger and bang, have the mansion, have the travels, have all the pretty ladies. That's just not how it works. So in the Bobby Mason audio experience, we actually have real entrepreneurs on the show. I'm personally a serial entrepreneur after starting 15 companies. And essentially this entire show is just about entrepreneurship and sharing our entrepreneurial stories, our life lessons, our success methods, and lastly, really being honest about our royal F-ups. So thank you so much for listening. You guys can find this podcast anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. You know, iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those good things. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Thank you so much again, and I hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, everyone? I thought with all the talk about coronavirus that maybe it would be important to take an actual minute to dive into coronavirus and understand why it's kind of a big deal. And, you know, I actually just took some time to put some notes together so we can actually go in depth about what coronavirus actually is and how it's affecting your body and the world. And, I apologize ahead of time if I screw up some of the words. I'm not a doctor, so I'm trying my best. So let's just start at the beginning. You know, all of us know that in December 2019, the Chinese authorities notified the world that a virus was spreading through the entire communities, really all the communities. And in the following months, it spread to other countries with cases doubling within days. And for all of you guys that don't know, this virus is actually a severe acute respiratory syndrome related coronavirus too. So this causes the disease called COVID-19 and that's really what everyone is simply calling the coronavirus. So what actually happens when it infects a human is the following. So when you're infected by the coronavirus, it's really, the virus itself is really just a haul around genetic material and a few proteins. So arguably, it's not even a living thing. So it can only make more of itself by entering a living cell, and you're the living cell. So corona may spread via surfaces, but it's still uncertain how long it can survive on them. And you hear things like, it can survive on metals for seven days. Yes, it can survive on other surfaces. We really don't know yet. And we'll have more and more data all the time. But it's really the main way of spreading seems to be droplet infections. When people cough or if you touch someone or if you kind of get close to someone who's ill, close to their face, and maybe you rub your eyes, you pick your nose, whatever it might be. And the virus actually starts its journey right there and then hitches a ride kind of like a stowaway deeper into your body. So remember, it's not living, so it needs your body to survive. So its destinations are really your intestines. So the spleen, the lungs, um, it really tries to go 
wherever it can make the most dramatic effect. So even just a few coronaviruses can cause quite a dramatic, a dramatic situation in your body, which is too bad because the lungs are lined with billions of epithelial cells. And that kind of, it runs all the way through your lung, wherever your lung is. And these actually border the cells of your body and they line your organs and so on and so forth. And what the coronavirus does is it infects those cells. So corona actually connects to a specific respirator. Now it connects in your membranes, all right? And then it kind of injects its genetic material into your membranes, if that makes sense. So the cell is kind of ignorant of what's happening. And then it executes the new instructions, which are pretty simple because the cells aren't living, like I said. So it's simple. All they do is they copy and then they reassemble. So it fills up your lungs, for example, fill up with more and more copies of the original virus until it reaches a critical point and receives one final order, which is self-destruct. So the cell sort of melts away and then it releases new corona particles ready to attack more cells, which sucks. So the number of infected cells actually grows exponentially, just like our cases are growing exponentially. And after about 10 days, millions of our body cells are infected and then billions of viruses actually swarm our lungs. So the virus at that point hasn't really caused too much damage. But the way that corona gets really bad is once it releases all of its cells into your body, your immune system takes over. So the immune system, while it's there to protect you, can actually be pretty dangerous to yourself and need some tight regulation. So as immune cells pour into the lungs to fight the virus, corona actually infects some of them and then creates a whole bunch of confusion within your body. So the cells have neither ears nor eyes, therefore your immune system cells can't communicate with each other. And mostly they're just tiny information proteins that just kind of move around and try to attack the right thing. So nearly every important immune reaction is controlled by them and then corona infects them. And then your body overreacts and yells bloody murder, I need to get out of this place. So in a sense, Coronavirus actually puts the immune system into a fighting frenzy that sends way more soldiers than it actually should. And so it wastes all of your body's resources and it causes a whole bunch of damage. So there's two kinds of cells in particular that wreak havoc here. And the first one, and this is where I'm going to butcher words, names, sayings. Um, the first one is neutrophils, which are great at killing stuff but unfortunately they're also great at killing your own cells. So as those neutrophils arrive in the thousands, they're actually starting to pump out enzymes that destroy as many of your enemies in your body, which is the enemies being coronavirus. The problem is it also destroys all the friends, so all the good cells that are working to fight coronavirus. The other important type of cell that goes into a frenzy are killer T cells. Now, usually um, the order is to attack infected cells and then 
the problem is in this scenario, it's attacking infected cells, but then they're kind of committing controlled suicide. So they're confused and they start ordering healthy cells to kill themselves too, which is not great. So essentially the more and more immune cells that arrive to fight the coronavirus, the more and more damage they actually do and the more healthy lung tissue they actually kill. So it's not great. And sadly, as you guys have seen, it gets so bad that it can cause permanent irreversible damage and it can lead to death. But beyond that, it's not just a matter of you die. If you don't die, you're safe. Essentially, you can survive and still have lifelong disabilities. And I'm not trying to freak everyone out here. I'm just giving real practical information that I know about because I'm now getting into, or we all are getting into weeks three or four of stay at home and people are starting to get very impatient. They're starting to get very frustrated with the coronavirus. And I want to make sure we actually understand what we're dealing with. Right. So, you know, as everyone's always said, the majority of people infected by Corona, they're going to have relatively mild symptoms and they're going to be okay. But there's also a whole lot of cases where they're very severe and even critical and you know what's going on in New York, you know what's going on in other countries and that's what's happening. So we actually don't even know the percentage yet of those people that get severe or critical because not all cases have been identified. They're not going to be identified for quite some time, but it's safe to say that there's a whole lot more than with the flu. And in more severe cases, you just have to understand that millions of those epiphyl, I don't know how to say that, epiphyllai, no, I can't say it. One of those cells, essentially, there's millions of those cells that die around your lungs, that protect your lungs and the lining of your lungs. So that means that, yeah, patients get pneumonia and respiration becomes hard fails and patients need ventilators to survive. So the immune system is actually commonly at this scenario when people have ventilators and they need help, it's actually fought at full capacity for weeks and it's made millions of antiviral weapons. And essentially it just becomes overwhelmed and the body becomes overrun and it's just not good and death becomes very likely. So I've talked about essentially what the coronavirus is. Now, the thing that I'm hearing all the time is it's no different than the flu. Okay, that's bull crap, unfortunately. So the thing is, the coronavirus is actually a whole lot more dangerous. So while the exact death rate is hard to pin down at this point, um, because, well, it's an ongoing pandemic, we have to use our resources to help the people that are alive not use all our resources finding out who's dead um, as much as we wish that wasn't the case. So essentially, there are two futures of pandemics too, all right? And you either have the fast or the slow. And we've all heard it, you need to flatten the curve, right? So which future we will actually see depends on what we do right now in the early days. And yes, it's only been three or four weeks, but this is still the early days because you know, realistically, a fast pandemic will be horrible, and it's going to cost many, many lives, millions, potentially, we really don't know yet. While a slow pandemic will hopefully not even be remembered in the history books. That's, that's what we're trying to get to right now. And realistically, 
the worst case scenario for a fast pandemic begins with a super rapid rate of infection, right? So there's no countermeasures. Like one person walks into a stadium and just tons of people get sick at once. So this is, this is bad. And the reason why it's really bad is because in a fast pandemic, many people actually get sick all at the same time, right? So if the numbers get too large, the healthcare system becomes unable to handle it. So you got this big arching curve. And if you make it that wide, you have this line going right through the middle of the curve where the healthcare system's at. And if you overwhelm it, it can't survive. So people just end up not being treated because, well, number one, medical staff just isn't available and equipment like ventilators just don't exist. So people go untreated and they die. So as more healthcare workers, and here's another big thing, if we don't flatten the curve, which we are doing right now, which is awesome, if we don't, healthcare workers also are getting sick. And you have to remember, like in Italy, something like a third of their healthcare workers were sick. And when your healthcare workers get sick, you're all of a sudden your supply that you can help people with goes down further and further and further. And then the healthcare system kind of fails. So if this becomes a case and everyone rushes back to work and we complain too much about what's going on, um, horrible decisions will actually have to be made about who gets to live and who doesn't. And that's really what happened in Italy. And that's really hard to put that pressure on doctors where they have to decide who gets a bed and who doesn't. So the number of deaths will rise in the fast scenario, obviously, right? So to avoid this, the world, which is actually all of us, we need to do what we can to turn the pandemic into a slow pandemic, right? So we need to make sure we slow it down by creating the right responses. And especially in the early phase, which we're still in the early phase. So we need to do the right thing right now to make sure everyone that gets sick can get treatment. And there's no crunch point where the hospitals are completely overwhelmed, right? So since we don't have a vaccine for coronavirus, this is really important to understand. We actually have to socially engineer our behavior. So like, we're essentially the vaccine right now. So we're acting as a social vaccine. So this simply means two things. Number one, um, we're trying not to get infected. That's one way of getting the vaccine. Number two, we're not trying to infect others. So although it sounds super trivial and it sounds like not really doing much, the very best thing you can do is to wash your hands. I mean, that's just the truth. So the soap, I've, I've actually been questioning this for a while because I don't understand how soap works on a virus. The soap is actually a super powerful tool because the coronavirus, it's actually encased in basically a layer of fat, right? And the soap attacks that layer of fat and it breaks the fat apart and leaves it unable to infect you. So it makes your hands slippery, right? And you, you all know what soap does. It makes your hands super slippery. And with the motion of washing your hand, you actually rip the virus off. So if you actually do it properly, it makes a big difference. And the thing that I always hear is the way you should be washing your hands is if you are about to eat a jalapeno, right? Or you do eat a jalapeno or you got it in your hands and you got the juices on your hand and you take, you're about to take your contact, put it in your eye, you should probably wash your hands equivalent to that because you want to get all that jalapeno off before you put something in your eye. So that's how you should wash your hands. 
So that's number one. You make sure you don't get sick. Number two, and the next thing is actually social distancing, which all of us are experiencing right now. It's not a nice thing to do. And it kind of sucks. No hugging, no handshakes, right? That's tough. But if you can stay home, please stay at home because we're protecting our entire society. We're not just protecting yourself. You're not just protecting your family. It's a group effort to make sure we have the resources necessary for everyone around the country. So we all depend on each other, you know, and really we're doing it for the doctors. We're doing it for the cashiers. We're doing it for the police officers because we all depend on them and they all depend on us to make sure they don't get nearly as sick. So on a larger level, these quarantines are happening everywhere and they all mean different things, right? We'll have travel restrictions. We'll have actual orders to stay at home and it's not a great experience and it's definitely not popular. As you guys all know, the quarantine is not popular at all right now, but it's really important because it buys us time and specifically it buys us the opportunity to give researchers time to figure out medications and vaccinations that can improve, just improve the life quality and the ability to survive coronavirus. So if we all go under quarantine and we all understand why we're going under quarantine, we should all respect it because none of it's fun, like I said, but looking at the big picture, it really is a small price to pay to help a bunch of people. And it's a small price to play, pay for us to start um, really decreasing that slope. So with that, I guess, literally and figuratively, um, thank you to everyone that's staying at home because you're helping, for example, my grandma, who's 91, stay well. You're helping my dad, who's a doctor, stay well. And we all need each other. And I just wanted to explain kind of how coronavirus actually works so you have a better idea of why we are stuck at home and we are all <laughs> going through this thing together. So I hope that explains some stuff. That was my coronavirus explanation just because I think it's important. And I will see you tomorrow on the Bobby Mason Audio Experience. Adios, everyone. I love you.